Good morning. Good morning. Breakfast today is uh, sponsored for the Rifuah Shema of Michaela's aunt, Leslie Bat Marianne, sponsored by Sammy Sutton, and as well in loving memory of Puran Oheb Shalom, Alea Shalom, Lilu Nishmad Ribka Bat Nushafarin, Alea Shalom, sponsored by the Oheb Shalom family. Rabotai, we see in this week's parasha a remarkable character, a character called Bil'am, and my rabbi used to tell us all the time that it's a strange thing that you pay attention to people like Bil'am, people like Lavan, people like Paro, and the funny thing is that you could have someone like Lavan or Bil'am get more time, get more screen time in the Torah than Yitzchak Avinu. What do we know about Yitzchak? Very, very little. Like, you know, you hear about him in the third person, like when Abraham is taking him to the Akedah. You hear about him in various scenarios where he's being acted upon. But what Yitzchak does, what Yitzchak says, you don't hear. Meanwhile, Bil'am give, is giving speeches in the parasha, you know, chapters long. This is Rasha, we need to know what he has to say. And, uh, and Yitzchak Avinu, we don't get some divrei Torah, no breakfast class, no good morning, good morning. Come on. And my rabbi said something unbelievable. Do you know what he said? He said, the reason is because we have less to learn from Yitzchak than from Bil'am. All of us wanted to leave the yeshiva. We thought, was he, who's this rabbi going on? What's he talking about? The rabbi said, unbelievable. He said, Yitzchak Avinu, his character trait was givura, was strength. He was Niron perfect. If you read the Midrashim that talk about, and the Gemarot that talk about Yitzchak Avinu, you're talking about someone who never does a sin. Like he's considered to be like the purest sacrifice. He never leaves the country of Israel because he was, on, he was at the Akedah. He's someone who lives in the state of abject perfection. And if that is the case, then people like you and me, it's very difficult not only for us to relate to him, but for us to have what to be able to understand and to learn from him. You know, as an example, you want me to, you know, perfect my basketball game. So what are you supposed to do? You hang out with people who are relatively in your level, but a little bit better. So if I go to play basketball with Sammy's son, he's relatively in my level, but a little bit better. <laughs> but if, God forbid, I ever had to go on the court with someone like Michael Jordan, if I ever had to go on the court with someone like Kobe, uh, with someone... Uh, you know, like uh, AD or KD or Mabar FD, right? These guys, I have nothing to learn from them. My game will not improve one bit. You know why? Because they're sitting there jamming, stuffing over my head, shooting three-point shots from the half-court line. There's nothing, me and them, we don't shit. They get, the game is, I'm just sitting there like this, like an idiot. They're three feet taller than me, you know, a hundred miles an hour faster than me. So I'm just sitting there at the half court because that way it looks like I'm uh, most, most in the in the Inyanim, and, you know, on offense and on defense. Yitzhak Avinu was like that. That was the point. Yitzhak Avinu was so far ahead of us. Let me give you one example of Yitzhak Avinu. Gemara tells us that uh, Yitzhak asked his father, and we say it in the Tifilot, he says, please tie me to the Mizbeah when you do the Akedah. Tie me down, but tie me tight. Why? Two reasons of what Yitzhak was worried about. You or I, what would we say? Tie me tight, because you know what? When I see everything going down, I'm gonna run, I'm gonna run like uh, uh, Mo Farah, I'm gonna run, 
like uh, you know, like Usain Bolt. Chalas, I'm out of there. You know what his Hakavinu says? Tie me down because maybe I might move a drop during the Akedah and I might make the Korban, I might invalidate the Korban. Who thinks like this? The second idea is brought down that he said, never mind invalidating the Korban, maybe after you do the Shehita, after you do the Akedah, so you know sometimes you ever see a chicken, you know, after they slaughter a chicken, chicken's jumping around, you know? Maybe it's called the, the death throes. Maybe after you do, my muscles will jump. And God forbid, I don't want to hit my father. Are you understanding what we're talking about here? He's worried about the fact that maybe he'll hit his father when he no longer has any conscious control over his limbs. This is the perfection of Yitzhak. In Etcha'arer Atzon, we talk about this idea Go tell my mother, you know, Aben, the son that she was waiting, you know, what happened to this kid? Who, who is going to be for my mother a comfort? That's what he's asking his father. Please make sure mommy's okay. That's, these are his last words, or at least what he thinks, are his last words and his last thoughts. His Hakavinu, therefore, is not someone that gets a lot of press time because the purpose of the stories in the Torah is to teach us lessons. And those lessons, they're not in the realm of our possibilities, really. Bilam, on the other hand, we learn a tremendous amount from. <coughs> you know why? Because we learn what not to do and what not to be. But I want to point out one line, an unbelievable line. Bilam says, Tamot nafshi motisharim. May my soul die the death of those who are straight. And maybe in my afterlife, I will be kamohu like the Jewish people, like the tzaddikim. What's remarkable about Bil'am is that he's doing the wrong thing while he knows what is the right thing. This is a person who's been blessed arbitrarily with prophecy from God. God literally is talking to him. He has interactions with the Malachim. This is what's going on. And yet, for all of his knowledge of what the right thing is, and his desire even to end up in the end of the story, like the Jews, like the Sadiqim, he can't get his act in line. In fact, if you look at the beginning of the parashah, when Bil'am says, you know what, I can't go curse the Jewish people, it's not something I could do. You know what Balak's response is? We'll give you more money. There was never a conversation between Balak and Bil'am about the moral correction, about the morally correct way of doing things. There was never a conversation about whether this deed was reprehensible. There was never a conversation about whether or not Bil'am could make or could satisfy his own conscience. The only conversation is, will give you more money or will give you more honor. And then when Bil'am says in the first instance, I can't do it, Balak is like, what a shame. You know, because you would have had a lot of kavod. You hear the, the currency of this conversation is about money and power and honor. And you know what, initially, like it happens all the time when we learn Torah, we love to point at people and say, this is what they did wrong, 
That's what they did wrong. What a rasha, what a bad person. But the truth is, we are very, very, very alike. I wish we could say that the reason why we sinned was because we didn't know better. What a luxury that would be. That we didn't know that we were being not so honest. We didn't know that we were being not so sensitive. We just didn't know. I had no idea. If I would have known, I would have done the right thing. If only we had intellectual and moral uh, uh, congruity. If only. But in truth, most often, we know what we want. We want to be the good guy. We want to be the, the amazing dad. We want the kids to say that about us. We want to be that amazing husband that you know your wife is bragging to her friends about. We want to be that person. We would love to be the guy in the community that is respected, that people could come to for advice and know that the secret that you put in one ear doesn't just come right out of the mouth the first second I get a chance to share some gossip. We would love to be that person. But when you got a piece of that news, someone comes up and you'll, you'll never believe the conversation I just had with this guy. And by the way, the more successful they are, the more beloved they are, the more elevated, the higher their pedestal is, the more joy we have when we tear them down. It feels good. It feels good. That's what we learn from this pasuk. Tamot nafshi, everybody wants to die a sadiq. But that's not how the game works. You don't die a sadiq unless you live the sadiq. And yeah, there are some drives that we have to fight. And each nishama is given a very specific and a very special task to fight against. Usually, one or two things specifically that are very strong that become their nisayon, their challenge, and their test in life. So what is it for you and for me? Is it power? What lights the fire? What makes us make mistakes? Is it the money? Is it the, the fame? I think a lot of times you find people who are not maybe so obsessed with money, but they're obsessed with the idea of money. The idea of the status that they think it will give them. The respect that maybe they feel that they never had. This is Bil'am, but this is also all of us. You know, I love to talk about how Bil'am as a person is someone who had tremendous possibilities. He's someone who is Bil'am or Bal'am. He's someone who mixes up, who confuses Am the nation. They come to him for advice. And meanwhile, he's telling them, instead of telling them, look, you came to me for advice, don't curse the Jewish people. They're going to be blessed anyway. Instead of telling them, look, Hashem doesn't want it. My advice to you is to go make friends with the Jews or open up a Beit Midrash. You know, Bil'am doesn't give that advice. Bal'am. He's an advisor to Paro. He's an advisor now to the states of Midian, of Moab. But he could have been somebody else. He could have been Lev'am. He could have been the heart of a people. He could have taken them to a different direction. So Rabbi I think as well, this idea of Lev'am, Bil'am's possibility, is not just that he could have been the heart of the people, but rather that Bil'am's nature defines Lev'am, the heart of all of the people. All of us are like this. When we face these challenges and we try and figure out 
What is it that we actually want to do? What do we want from ourselves? So the first thing is to study and to learn and to know enough to have moral clarity, to know where it is that you'd want to be at the end of 120. But from moral clarity to being able to actually enact those uh, resolutions. Everybody wants to learn Torah. Everybody knows, oh wow, look at the guys, look at learning with Rabbi Friedman before prayers. I wish I could come, spend the hour before, but I'm not a morning guy. I wish I could, lots of, we have things that we wish we would want to do. But what do we do in order to make them a reality? What do we do in order to make them a reality? Here's Bil'am. And if not for the fact that God stops him again and again and again and again, Bilam is running off a cliff. He's like a lemming. He can't wait to commit moral suicide. He needs everybody to stop him. So number one first etzah is to be able to have a friend and a buddy that you share yourself with, that understands where you are, that becomes for you and you for them, that you look out for one another. That's number one. To have or be part of a group of people where the people protect you from yourself. Everybody gives you that advice. They stop you when you're about to do something wrong. They tell you, you know what? If you have a friend who's a really healthy guy, all the time he's going, what is your friend gonna tell you? Come to the gym. If you have a guy, all he loves to do is party and you're trying to lose weight, he's going to keep telling you, come, let's go out. Come, let's go out. Come, let's go out. What do you think is going to happen if that's your friend, if that's your go-to guy? So answer number one is like Bil'am, set up roadblocks for yourself. That's one answer. But the second answer as well is to try and figure out, and this is the work of a lifetime, not how to stop yourself from wanting to do things, but rather to start shifting in your own self your desires. You know, the great people that we meet, you meet people, whether they're religious or not, that love to do chesed. And you could see the way they're chasing chesed is the way we chase our, our yesahara. You ever see people like that? That if something happens, they figure out another way. And if the other way doesn't work, then they call their friend. I'm on it, Rabbi. And they call 75 people until... I just, I have to share this with everybody. Over the last week, there was a young girl on the other side of the world, right, to us, who needs a, uh, you know, who needs a, 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 a cure. She's living in Miami. There's one dose that she needs. It costs $2.2 million for one dose. Even Obamacare don't sort that out. 2.2 million. Do you understand what that means? But look at the people that we're a part of. In four days, the mother who cries pure tears for her daughter gets the money together because there's no one like our people. When we as a people are mobilized to try and give this kid a chance at life, and when you start thinking about life, the value of money, which is an incredible amount. It just stops mattering so much. Do you understand? There's a, this is an unbelievable bit of musar for us to learn that, you know what? Here's a mother. There was no way her daughter was not going to get that chance. Now, I don't know about you. I, if I, someone gave me a bill for $2.2 million, 
No matter how much I wanted the thing, I don't know that I'd be able to sort it out. But when it was your child, do not underestimate the power of wanting something enough. So maybe what we need to learn from Bil'am is that when you have a desire and you want something so much, in Bil'am's case it's power and money, but it can be a lot of different things for us. To learn to want something enough that no wall and no obstacle and no problem is going to present itself in a way where we cannot overcome it. May God bless us to be able to achieve our aims and that those aims should be things that we can be proud of. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. <laughs>